All right, everybody, we're back with Eric Smith, and we're building our board. Today, we're focusing on tight ends. This was a this was a fun episode. We did this as a YouTube live stream, like we're doing all of them, and we're grabbing the audio and sharing it in the podcast form for those of you that like to listen to the podcast instead. But check us out on Second City Gridiron YouTube if you want to see the board that we're building and, and watch it instead of listen to it. But appreciate you following along as we get through this. And then we're getting into the serious stuff. Next week, we're going to start uh, talking about running backs. So enjoy the tight end show, and we'll see you next week. All right, we're live. I'm with my friend Eric Smith of the QB list. Eric, I thought the quarterbacks episode was a heck of a lot of fun. I'm hoping to run that back, but this time we're going to go tight ends. So how are you doing? How are you surviving the heat? <laughs> oh, man. Midwestern summers. It's uh, it's like this every summer and we forget it. So I'm uh, not enjoying it a ton. Try to go out for a walk and uh, immediately regret Ooh. that decision. So um, yeah, we're inside now. We're ready to go. I've got tight ends here. And I'm actually excited to do tight ends because I tend to brush them off a bit as a position. And you asking me to be on here to rank the tight ends really made me dive deep into them. So um, I think I got some good stuff here. Let's figure out how to draft tight ends this year. Yeah, I'm, I think tight ends are always interesting because it's such a in a way it's kind of a luxury position if you go up top and it kind of maybe costs you down the board so if you were someone who said like i got i'm gonna go get travis kelsey this is how my board's falling i'm gonna take the top guy on my board and i'm not gonna worry about tight end the whole year because i got the number one guy or at least who i feel is the number one guy and then you're like oh man my running backs are bad you know and then you put this pressure on yourself to really have to draft at different positions uh, even better than you would normally. So what's your strategy? Like before we get into individual guys, like what's your strategy when you're talking about tight ends in your drafts? Yeah, I generally wait on tight ends. Uh, I get tempted by these guys up top for sure. We're going to talk about a lot of really fun tight ends, but I try to find the ones that just drop in your draft and not get too focused on a specific tight end. Because I do think once you hit a point of no return at tight end, you might as well just wait till the very end. Like tight end 10 through 20, I don't think is all that different. So if I am going to spend up, I try to catch one of the higher up ones that dropped in my draft. Otherwise, I'm generally waiting pretty late. Um, you can get into streaming tight ends during the season. It's It gets a little gross at times. You know, you're, some of these players like Dan Arnold, you're streaming. But you can kind of make it happen here. Um, you can kind of see who's getting the volume. And you can stream if you have to. So I tend to wait if somebody just kind of isn't a, a glaring value early on. Because like you mentioned, I mean, if you take, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts even in the third or fourth round, like you feel like you're catching up for four rounds after that, trying to catch up on running backs receivers maybe you didn't take a quarterback because you took a tight end so uh, every pick is valuable early on and I just I usually don't pull the trigger on tight end yeah it's a it's an interesting philosophy because it is a little bit not quite but it's a little bit like catcher in fantasy baseball for mm -hmm. those of you that play both where you know they're, they're a little bit more prone to missing some games um, there's not a lot of high offense uh, catchers uh, not a lot of high offense tight ends and so you feel like if you can get one yeah. that it gives you this real positional advantage and it does but it, be, it might come at the cost of some other positions so uh, we're, we're going to use a similar board to last time we took out a tier because we're just not ranking as many tight ends there's not you know it, there aren't two tight end leagues that i know of i'm sure there are i should take that back there's somebody out there that's in a two tight end league who thinks this is the greatest thing in the world and jeff you haven't lived until you have been in a two tight end league. I'm sure I, I, I will take that back. I'm sure that there's someone out there that's going to tell me that. But most of us run a league where you're going to play one of these guys. Yep. And 
you might play in a 10-team league, 12-team league, maybe even a 15-team league, but you're generally not going to see all of the guys that we're going to talk about being drafted because there's just no need for it. So there's a lot of guys that will be streaming. They'll be available to you when your number one guy you know, misses a couple games or he's got a bye week or whatever that might be. So we're going to cover a couple of those options. Uh, the tiers this week are pretty similar to last week where we have our star tier up top. These are the guys that you know can potentially win you the league. They can be tight end number one overall. Uh, we have the lock tier, uh, tier A, where we believe that these guys are really locked into being uh, most likely a, a tight end one, so like a top 12. Doesn't necessarily mean we're going to rank 12 of these guys, but you know there's there's going to be a number of guys that are going to fit that. Uh, guys in the B tier, the boomer bust tier, where we feel like everything breaks for them, they could jump up and be in that top tier. More the boring tier uh, would be would be next with the little sleeping cat here. If you're joining us on the YouTube, uh, you know, marginal upside, but you know, pretty good floor. They're going to get a few targets every game. They're going to, uh, you know, hit some first downs, and, and there's there's some there's some playability there. And then the D tier, where this, you're just hoping to spike a touchdown when you play them. You know, you're, you're not going to play these guys every week. These are your bi week fill-ins. You're really hoping for a touchdown. They have that ability, uh, but that that's generally what you're hoping for because you're not going to get seven catches out of them. You're hoping for a touchdown. And then these guys down here in the free tier, we're just we're just going to leave them alone. We're just going to let them be in the free tier. Um, desperate times may call for desperate measures, but in general, we're going to leave them there. So uh, we'll have some modifiers as we go on, of course, uh, with our little. Icons here. Uh, the targets st this week stands for target monster. So if they get a lot of a lot of targets, a big percentage of the offense, we'll put that up here. Uh, this is you know more goal line threat, kind of like what we had for quarterbacks, uh, the bulldozer. Uh, this is uh this is really just for Kyle Pitts. Uh, this cheetah here, where it's it's just it's just for guys that run really good fast routes. Uh, you know they almost look like a wide receiver. They probably could be a wide receiver. Uh, the firework is for uh, big offenses, and then of course the injury-prone player or guy that's been injured in the past. And then Eric and I pick a couple in the uh, at the end of the show of at each level here of guys that we really like. So, um, all right, I've ha I've heard some conversations about tight end one overall. Uh, a lot of the conversation comes down to generally: Are you a believer in Travis Kelsey, even though he's a little bit older? Are you a believer in Mark Andrews? Um, are you, do you believe that, that George Kittle can stay healthy? Um, or are you a bold man and say, I just love Kyle Pitts so much that he's my number one overall. So those are the arguments that I've heard. I will let you take it from here. I'm not that bold. I love Kyle Pitts. I'm not going to put him a tight end one though. Uh, these are all th great options, but I'm going to stick with Travis Kelsey at tight end one for the season. It is a little worrisome that he's hitting age 32, uh, you know, it's it's getting up there where we see players tend to get hurt in the NFL more often. But tight end is such a tough position to learn in the NFL. It takes them so many years to get up to speed in the offenses that uh, actually some of our better fantasy tight ends are the older tight ends. So I, I think we just got to ride with Kelsey for another year um, with Tyreek Hill gone. Like his volume is just so locked in that it's hard to imagine he takes a step back here unless he just totally falls off a cliff. I mean, he's had 135 to 145 targets for each of the past three years, and that's with Tyreek Hill on the roster. So um, one great thing, I mean, he, he was the fifth among all tight ends in snaps from the slot last year. So we know that. He's basically a wide receiver. He was second in snaps out wide. He, he's going to be their number one wide receiver in Kansas City. And without without Tyreek Hill here, we just he's just locked in. He's, he's the number one tight end in my book. Uh, if this is a future Hall of Famer. This is a guy that he's he's got he's done everything he needs to 
to go into the Hall of Fame at this point, which is an amazing recovery from the beginning of his career when he came in with the microfracture issue and in, in, uh, surgery in his in his knee. And so it, it's interesting to see just how you know how many uh, good years he's been able to stack together. And now that Gronk is, I mean, you know, I think Gronk's gone. Maybe we can talk about Gronk at the end, but uh, Gronk's retired and, and, and probably done for real this time. Uh, or maybe he's just going to come back for, you know, a, a Bucks playoff run or something like that. Who knows with, with Gronk? But for the most part, he's not going to be playing the whole year. He's not going to probably be fantasy relevant. And so you've got Travis Kelsey as this Hall of Fame talent and on this crazy offense that's done nothing but produce and his main competition for targets is gone. Like, I just don't know how you go another way unless you just have Travis Kelsey fatigue and you're not interested in taking him or you're betting that he's just, you know what? He's 32. He's a tight end. He's going to miss too many games for me. I'm going to bet on a younger guy. But to me, I agree with you. How early would you take him? Not you because you wait, but like how early someone takes Travis Kelsey at pick number X. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. So, I mean, real quick, uh, the, the, you know, predicting the decline and the injury stuff is a a slippery slope and it's just, we've got burned so many times trying to do this with elite talent. So I am hesitant to do that with Kelsey. He's had 10 and 11 touchdowns the last two years. Hard to imagine that changes without Tyree kill around. So yeah, he's just locked in. Uh, His ADP is probably early second round. It's probably too early for me to take him. I think if he falls to the back end of the second round, then I would start considering him. I generally, though, would rather take um, a quarter, a running back and a receiver or two receivers or two running backs before I take a tight end. So I really start thinking about them more in the third round. But I think anywhere mid-second round, I mean, he's, he's a wide receiver one. We just, he's just labeled as a tight end. So I'm not going to fault anyone for taking him early. Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe if you have... Uh, a half point PPR or a full point PPR league, you know, maybe, maybe that pushes you up a little bit more, but um, yeah. I, I tend to agree. I don't, I don't love taking this. I, I have tried it in the past yeah. to take the number one tight end overall. And I just find myself just chasing the rest of the draft. I just feel exhausted by the end. Um, all right. Who do you have? Number two, who's after Kelsey? Yeah. Number two, I'm going with Mark Andrews. Uh, he really blew up last year and it, it really looks repeatable to me. Uh, Hollywood Brown is gone as the Ravens' number one wide receiver. Uh, Rashad Bateman may step into that just fine, but um, another tight end here where there's a huge opportunity. He's going to have Lamar back for a full season. I mean, he, he blew up last year without a healthy Lamar, which is pretty incredible. And he had n- nine targets a game last year, only topped by Kelsey over the last three years. So uh, Mark Andrews has been pretty locked in, seven touchdowns a year or more. And I was kind of surprised. I've been looking at these tight ends just to see where they line up because – Generally in fantasy football, we don't want these guys lined up as a blocker. You know, we want them out catching passes. And I kind of thought Mark Andrews lined up, you know, in line a little bit more than he did being in that Ravens run heavy offense. But um, he was only 22% of his snaps lined up in line. He was uh, he was out there in the slot running a ton of routes, um, an elite route run percentage. Like when he's on the field, he's running a route. So, uh, yeah, I love Andrews. And I, I would actually rather have Andrews at his ADP as opposed to Kelsey at his, I would say. So Kelsey's about 14 um, overall. Mark Andrews is a little closer to 23. So that that's more of the range where I'm going to start looking at a tight end and Andrews fits in there. It's still a little early for me, but I, I do think he's pretty close to Kelsey and he just put together a great season last year. Yeah, you have to think that he's kind of the number one option down in the red zone for the Ravens. Ravens are consistently a good team if Lamar is back. 
and healthy, you know, they're going to be moving the ball a lot. They're going to have a lot of scoring opportunities. Um, so I, I think you're counting on a lot of trips to the end zone for Mark Andrews. I think that's going to buoy him up. Uh, like you say, he's seven touchdowns a year lately, but I, I would, I would bet the over on, on that. If you gave me that as an over under, it just it feels like he's, he's primed for bigger touchdown success. Um, all right. I, I, I kind of thought that you were going to go that way. I am curious to see which route you're going to go here uh, for your number three overall. And it is Kyle Pitts at number three. Okay. Um, the upside is tantalizing. Uh, he was as billed his rookie year as just a, a freak athlete. Um, and we just really, it's really just the quarterback situation that holds him back. We've got uh, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson for the first two. And we've got Marcus Mariota, maybe Desmond Ritter for Kyle Pitts. So that's the hugest issue for me. Uh, but I mean, last year he only scored one touchdown and he was still at 10 PPR points a game as a rookie, which is really hard to do for a rookie tight end. They just don't produce like that. So his underlying statistics are good. Like I said, he's got to survive the downgrade from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota. Um, a little more co- target competition with Drake London, who was the eighth overall pick, um, the rookie wide receiver. Uh, but I mean, 34% of his snaps, he played out wide last year, not, not in the slot, but as an outside receiver. So Pitts, I mean, that's the highest among all tight ends. He's basically like an X receiver at times. Uh, so just Pitts is just kind of another one of those cheat codes. He's labeled as a tight end. He's really a receiver. And it, you can just see the upside. The volume is here. Everything is here. We just need the offense to support him. So I don't know. He could get held back by, you know, a four, five, six touchdown total, as opposed to Kelsey, who's up around 12 or something. But that's really the only knock I can find on Pitts. Yeah, I, I think that uh, if you want to take Pitts, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then you're also betting on Arthur Smith, the head coach uh, of the Falcons, who I, I think is a good offensive mind. And I think that they showed a lot last year. Like you said, they, they moved him out uh, you know, outside a, a lot more than any other tight end. So they were willing to just try to play matchups and just try to get people into uncomfortable positions, defenses in uncomfortable positions. And so if you're looking to, one, have a lot of fun, I think Kyle Pitts is the guy that would allow you to to have. I like having players on my team that pop up on red zone or, you know, they're in the highlight reel for the week. Um, And there's there's just that extra benefit of of like, ah, that's my guy. Right. And so Pitts is going to be that guy. He's going to be that guy for the rest of his career. Um, He just, he just is this dynamic guy. And yes, he's labeled as a tight end. So we get this little cheat code to to stick him in as a tight end. We're really just a really big wide receiver. Yeah. Um, and so he's he he runs. He's an incredible athlete. You know, I, I keep calling him a, a, a pterodactyl. Um, and and it's just it, it's it's very cool. It's also very cool that Atlanta uh, decided to take the pterodactyl and, and not Justin Fields um, as a Bears <laughs> fan. So you know, I'm, I'm happy about that. But uh, yeah, Pitts number three, which means that it's got to be Kittle at four, right? I can't leave him down here too much longer. Yes, it's it's number four. And if we're talking like real life NFL tight end, he might be number one just because of his blocking ability and his reception ability. But unfortunately, we don't get any points for blocking. So um, Kittle's basically like the efficiency king. Uh, he led all tight ends in uh, yards per route run last year. Um, but like I said, because of his good blocking, Shanahan uses him to block a lot. And he doesn't run as many routes as some of these guys ahead of him. Uh, you know, about 82% of his snaps he ran a route on when these other guys are up above 90, which adds up over the course of the year. Um, and they also use him as an inline blocker a lot, uh, 58% of the time last year. So we kind of know the deal with, with Kittle at this point. Um, it's kind of boom bust, depending on their game flow with the offense in San Francisco. Like 
I had this game log from last year starting in week 11 that I think is just a good indicator of what you get when you draft Kittle. Um, starting week 11, four targets, 34 yards, then two targets, 13 yards. Then he blows up 12 targets, 181 yards, 15 targets, 151 yards, six targets, 93 yards. And it's right back to three for 21, two for 29. You know, it's like, wow, they're really using Kittle. He's about to take off down the stretch here. And then it just goes back to this 49ers run game where he's blocking and doing a great job. But um, even in the playoffs, he only got two receptions a game in the playoffs. So I don't know. Kittle is just boom or bust. He's going to have Trey Lance. I think that probably lowers his volume, probably makes him more boom bust. I could see some big weeks with Trey Lance if they really get this offense, you know, buzzing here with a more athletic quarterback. But yeah, it's just hard for me to put Kittle ahead of any of those others. But he's so talented. We've got to leave him up high here. Yeah. <clears throat> is, uh, is is Kittle the type of guy that if he posts a couple of down weeks, you just go pounce on on a trade offer? Like you try to go get him from from the guy that has him? Because it, it he does he does have a bit of a roller coaster. And if you're if your league has a guy who has him and he's not like a you know Hawkeye alum or something like that, which you know that's that's half of my leagues, right? Um, so you know if you're in that situation and the guy's not necessarily tied to him, he might be frustrated with those two down weeks. Uh, guys like that, you know that th- those buy low moments they happen quickly. Their swings are pretty quick in fantasy football. It, is that something that you think about that you try to target during the season? Yeah, I mean that's a great point on Kittle. I, I agree with that totally. I mean he's been averaging 14 or more PPR points um, a game over the last three years. Like despite his flaws, he's been awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean he, he's capped out at six career touchdowns. So you could see someone getting a little frustrated if he you know doesn't go the first five weeks with a touchdown. Um, Trey Lance could be up and down. So yeah, I think that's a great call. I mean he's missed some time with injury over the years. Maybe he gets a little banged up, but. He puts up numbers every year. Like I said, he's super efficient with his opportunities. So even if they drop down some with Lance, he can still be very efficient on them. So, yeah, I think he's a great buy low. I don't know if I'm drafting him. Uh, He's probably in the, where is he, fourth round, I think, ADP. I'm probably not taking him there, but you might be able to get that discount in season. So that's a great point. I tend to kind of forget about tight end after the season starts, but he's a good one to keep an eye on. Well, uh, you know, he is the most fun real-life tight end. Because yes. uh, he he will get blocking highlights, yeah. and and anybody that can put up blocking highlights is, is a lot of fun. I, I enjoy that. He's basically uh, a wrestler, so he's yeah, a professional yeah. wrestler playing tight end. He's a lot of fun. There's nothing wrong with taking a Hawkeye tight end. That's just kind of a general rule to remember when you're drafting fantasy football. So, uh, all right, next guy. Um, I'm looking at this list, and there's a couple places I think you could go. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Waller's the next guy, but who do you have listed? I have Waller as well, and I do have him in this top tier. Okay. Uh, I think some people are going to make the case for the A tier. You know, obviously, this is all about Devontae Adams. Uh, when he comes into this offense, does he just take half of Darren Waller's work and uh, you know he, he falls down to the A tier or even lower? I don't know. Waller has been such a target hog in his career. Um, and, you know, yes, Devontae Adams is going to come in and demand targets, but uh, he plays a little bit of a different style than Adams. I still think there's opportunity for him here. And so it's he's had elite target per game numbers throughout his career. And I just have a hard time seeing that Waller is just going to get forgotten about. So he only played 11 regular season games last year due to various injuries. Um, but when he came back down the stretch, nine targets in week 17, uh, 12 in the playoff game, like they went right back to him as soon as he came back from injury. So I don't, I don't think Devontae Adams is here because they don't like Waller. Uh, he's still going to get the ball. 
Um, he's up and down in touchdowns. Um, he had uh, two last year, nine the year before, and then two in 2019. Um, he's about to turn 30. So there's a few little minor red flags here, but I mean, he just, he plays slot. He plays out wide. He plays in line. They can use him everywhere. So we'll see if he drops down from, from previous target totals, maybe he's not as good as he has been, but he's got room to fall back. I mean, he's been getting, you know, he had 145 target a year, two years ago. So uh, I think he can survive Devonte Adams and maybe Adams being around helps just score more touchdowns for the offense here. Yeah. And I, I, for those of you that are watching, you watch me, uh, Put, a, put the little modifier here, but for those that are listening, I, I put the the fireworks icon here for the offense, and it, I, I'm not like the biggest Derek Carr fan in the world. I think that the Derek Carr continuum is something that I buy into, right? Like where right. if you're above Derek Carr, maybe you got a competitor. If you're below Derek Carr, you know you're not going to really go anywhere in the playoffs. I think yeah. that's pretty much what Derek Carr is. But I I'm really buying into this idea that the AFC West is just going to be all fireworks this year. Yeah. And I think they're just going to get feed off of that and there's just going to be a ton of points. And so I, I think that he's going to drive that. I understand that Adams is there. He's going to take a lot of targets, but this is still an incredibly good tight end. And, you know, he's, he's, he's been uh, a real dynamic force for, for car. They've already established that connection. So yeah. to me, I, I think that I'm, I'm buying into this offense this year. I think that Josh McDaniels out there is is going to be interesting for this. So um, I'm, I'm all for Waller. I think it's a it's a good place for him. I'm glad that he's up in uh, this tier uh, and not you know, not the A tier. So let's yeah. uh, let's move to the A tier. You said that was the end of your your elite tier. So um, I see a few guys here. Um, I, I have no problem putting uh, T.J. Hawkinson up if 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 he's next. But we've got. Dallas Goddard, we've got uh, Fryermuth, we've got Dawson Knox, Mike Isicki, Noah Fant, another Hawkeye. I mean, again, you just just Hawkeyes all over the place. Um, who, did, do I have the guys that are going to make up this tier on the board already? I believe you have them all, and you, your first instinct was right. I got Hawkinson leading off that A tier there. So um, I'm getting more excited about him as we go on throughout the offseason, and I look into him. Um, I, you know, there's like a full two round ADP gap in between Waller and Hawkinson here. So you really get a discount if you're taking Hawkinson. He hasn't done what Waller's done. That's why you're getting that discount. But I do think there's upside here. Um, he, I mean, he's, he sneakily improved last year, even though we kind of all thought he was going to break out and he didn't. So I think people were frustrated with Hawkinson, but um, he did average more points a game. He got more targets per game and then he missed the final five games with a thumb injury. So it's, you know, it's not like he's coming off an ACL here. Uh, so he should be up to speed, I would imagine. But I mean, seven, seven targets per game last year was fourth among tight ends. He's only 25 years old. Uh, they use him a ton in the slot. So I just, you know, eight former eighth overall pick, like there's just a lot of indicators here for Hawkinson that are positive. So I'm not sure if he's quite as good a pass catcher as the former eighth overall pick in the draft would indicate. Uh, we haven't quite seen, you know, like what we saw from Pitts his rookie year, but he's been really consistent. He's improved every year. And I think if this offense can be a little closer to league average and put up some touchdowns, that's really going to go a long way helping Hawkinson. So I'm pretty excited to draft him. Uh, there's a lot of good reasons to draft Hawkinson. Yeah, I, I don't really think much of Jared Goff by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't think the Lions are going to be a good football team. I think they're going to be a fun football team this year. I think that they'll be interesting. 
and they certainly have the coaches and uh, you know everything. So they're going to be on hard knocks, right? Like there's going to be some interesting buzz around the Lions this year, which I'm honestly excited for. I mean, I've got Lions fans. If, if any of you happen to be listening to this, like, look, I love you, man. Like, <laughs> lay off me being a Bears fan. Like, I, I don't. We don't need to have the nastiness. Um, I'm excited for you. Go, I hope I hope you guys do well this year. Anybody but Green Bay. I'm happy with that um, as as a as a as a general philosophy. Um, yeah. Of course, this is a Hawkeye. Like I like this guy. Yeah. Um, I also I'm not the biggest believer in their wide receiver core, right. and so I do think that he's going to be able to carve out a significant chunk of of the target share, and and I do think that he's the best goal line option that they have. So I, I think that this is a guy that could jump up into that next tier if it all breaks for him, even though he's going to be on the Lions offense, which Eric Goff throw him the ball. So um, I think it's fine that he's on the A because he hasn't really proven it yet. But right. uh, I, I, I think that this is a um, this is a good spot for him, and, and he may be getting this for me at the end. Uh, all right, who's next? Next up, I'm going to go Dalton Schultz. He kind of uh, came out of nowhere last year. I had a bunch of leagues where I, I grabbed him as a streamer and just never dropped him. Uh, he, he was great last year. Um, and, you know, he kind of rode his eight touchdowns. He scored eight touchdowns last year. He played all 17 games, so he really accumulated the stats. Um, he was tight end three overall. Uh, so from from the season-long perspective, he was awesome. He's not quite there as far as a per-game, um, you know, kind of points per game. Uh, just because some of the guys ahead of him missed injury, uh, missed time with injuries. So he's kind of a compiler here. Um, I don't expect him to score eight touchdowns again, but Dallas has lost a ton of weapons. Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup returning from injury. It's going to be a good offense. So I think he could see more targets, maybe score a few less touchdowns, uh, but still be super useful. Um, he's like, again, he's not, he's not one of these freak athletes. So I, I think that caps his upside a little bit, um, but for where you're getting him in drafts, he's really solid, and you can draft him and just not worry about him for the rest of the season. And uh, I, I think that goes a long way. And some of these, some of these players we get to later, it's going to be week two, and you're going to be hitting the panic button already. So Schultz is going to be rock solid in, in Dallas. Yeah, he's kind of a, a premium, lower ceiling, higher floor guy. Um, yeah, and I don't mean that in a, we're talking tight ends. Like that's not meant to be disparaging. Right. He's just he's a safe pick. If you're someone who's just like, you know what, I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to risk it. I don't want to spend high, but I, I want to just set it and forget it. That's what I think of when I think of Dalton Schultz. Is yeah. He's just a set it and forget it guy. Um, of course, I say that these guys can all miss time. This is a tough position to stay healthy in. Um, so so don't don't take that as like Jeff said he was going to start for me the whole year. That's not what I mean. Right. Uh, but but there's there's plenty of uh, uh, there's plenty there's plenty of risk throughout this board. And this is a guy that maybe has less risk than, than the rest of them. So um, yep. I like that. I like where he's at. That makes sense to me. Um, all right. Who else is on this tier? Yeah. So let's go with Dallas Goddard next. And there are some concerns here. It's a low volume passing offense and they just added AJ Brown. So they got a lot more competition here, but Dallas Goddard's been rock solid every year. He kind of has done the same thing every year in the league. And we kind of forget that. I mean, they finally got rid of Zach Ertz last year. Um, and he did see a little bit of an uptick in usage without Zach Ertz. So with Zach Ertz, weeks one through six, he was only about four targets a game. And after Ertz, uh, he was up to six targets a game. He was playing 90% of the snaps, actually, which is a really high number. So they were using Goddard like crazy. There's no other tight end competition that I see to worry about. And again, like, I mean, 
He plays it. He plays in line. He plays in the slot. He's got versatility, and he's a really um, high efficiency player as well. He had uh, 14.8 yards per reception last year. Um, only Pitts was ahead of him in that stat. So um, it, it was a little bit of an outlier for Goddard's career. He hasn't been quite that good in yards per reception, but um, he's got a little bit more juice, I think, than some of these guys we're going to see going forward. And, um, you know, he's just been rock solid every year. So we'll see how this Eagles offense looks in general. But you can feel pretty safe with Dallas Goddard as your t- tight end one, just kind of like Schultz. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd i be a little worried about A.J. Brown and what that's going to do on a lower volume. I mean, the thing about Schultz is that you, you kind of see the Dallas offense as yeah. being uh, a little bit higher volume. You've got Dak there. Um, I know you're a big fan of Jalen Hurts, and a lot of it's because of that floor he provides with the rushing volume. And I saw that you got him in the Scott Fish League, and I was very excited for you when you posted that because I knew yeah. how much you thought of him. Um, this this has a little bit more risk to me because I, I do think that it, you know AJ Brown's going to compete for those targets, and we're not even talking about Devonta Smith, right? So so he's clearly to me the number three option already off the board. Whereas a lot of these guys, they're the number one option, they're the number two option, um, yeah. I, uh, and then Schultz, you're kind of betting on the high volume offense where Philly that high volume is probably rushing. So th- yeah. there's a, I'm a little bit concerned about this, but we're starting to fall off here. This is the point of tied in that I think that we need to really make is that it falls. And when it falls, it falls quick. And and I feel, I feel like we're starting to fall that that's where I'm at right now with this selection. So who, who yeah. do we have next? Well, and really and Goddard's not one I'm going to draft a lot, but he has put up about 10 points per game or more in each of the last three seasons and not on crazy touchdown totals. So you know, maybe you get eight touchdowns out of him this year, and uh, he, he maintains that even with a drop in volume. So I don't know. I, I'm not drafting a ton of Goddard. I do agree with you, but he, he's been solid. I, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff just because A.J. Brown's in town. Um, but last up in this tier, last up in kind of my – I think you can start him from day one, and I, I hope you have this picture on here a little lower. Uh, it's going to be Zach Ertz, um, the, the ageless really? tight end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, it's more about poking holes in some of the guys below him, I think, than it is about Ertz himself. Um, but, he, you know, he got traded over to Arizona, um, played for them weeks 7 through 18, and got 7.4 targets a game in Arizona. <laughs> like, you're, you're, it's tough to beat that in tight end. Five catches a game. Look, he's really low yards per reception. Um, he doesn't break tackles. He doesn't do anything after the catch. Uh, but he gets used in the slot a ton, and he's going to catch a bunch of short passes, and that's what we're looking for for fantasy football, especially PPR leagues. So uh, they're not going to have DeAndre Hopkins for a good chunk of the season. Holly Brown's kind of a deep threat. Uh, Rondell Moore was like a gadget player as a rookie. Like I think Ertz is just going to get thrown the ball a lot. So I know it's it's gross putting Zach Ertz in here, but I have some more concerns with the players below him, honestly. So um, go ahead and uh, let me hear what you got to say on Ertz. Well, I, I think that I, I think I would honestly break the tier after Goddard. That's what I was saying. I felt like we were falling. Yeah. And and so that that's where not that Goddard would fall. That's not what I was saying. Right. I mean, I do think that there's some legitimate arguments that he's he's a real he's a good player. I like him. And then they felt comfortable trading Ertz because he was he was a younger player and he was good and they weren't really going anywhere. Like it was a, it was a smart move for them right. uh, to, to to ship off Ertz. I mean, Ertz hasn't been able to stay healthy the last few years. I mean, he he did okay last year by the end of the year. Uh, I feel like he's missed a lot of time. And you're right about probably a good percentage of targets um, with Hopkins injured. 
So I guess I didn't have a counter argument to that. Um, <laughs> but it just it, it feels like a pretty big risk to, to take him on. Um, I would probably have put him more in the boring category um, than, I, than I would have as a guy that I think I feel really good betting that he's going to finish the top 12 guy. That, that, that's probably where I'm at. So, I mean, it's splitting hairs a little bit, but that, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would just say 2020 was his big injury year. Um, 2019, I mean, he was awesome in 2019. I know that's a few years ago by now, but uh, 135 targets, 88 catches. So he had a really good fantasy year. Last year wasn't as exciting, but still 112 targets. So I, I just I think the volume is going to be there every week in Arizona. And so that's just kind of what I'm banking on here. But again, I would not fault you just saying I do not want Zach Ertz. He's, he's getting up there in age uh, 32, so maybe not as ancient as we think he is, but um, – yeah, maybe we can get one more year out of him. I mean, they're all much younger than me, but that, that's <laughs> yeah, not really saying much at that's this point. Story. I mean, Tom Brady's still in the league, so you know, I, I'm not older than all the players in the league, but man, it's yeah. starting to feel that way. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's let's get into the next couple tiers. So these are the boom bust tiers, or the, the you know the the high floor, low ceiling tiers. So who are you pulling up for that? I'm going to start pulling these guys up on the board here. Yeah, so these get difficult for tight end because a lot of these tight ends are boom bust. I mean, they're touchdown or bust, a lot of them. And uh, it gets difficult sorting out these tiers. Let's start with Mike Gesicki. I think he's a fascinating subject this year. Um, I've got him in the boom tier. And there's just a lot of different ways that this could go. Like, first of all, he's a receiver. Like of all, all these players we talk about, Gesicki is actually a receiver. He, he played under 10% of his blocks as an, uh, of his snaps as an inline blocker. So he's lining up as a receiver, got 112 targets last year, but considering the opportunity, he hasn't really produced. Like he was the fifth most targeted tight end, but it, it was just 10.7 yards per reception. Like that's not like explosive receiver numbers. That's more like Ertz or Dan Arnold, a tight end. Um, He's one of the worst at yards after catch. Uh, he was second. He got the second most uh, contested catch targets among tight ends last year. And I don't know. I just now that Tyree Kill is in Miami and they have yeah. Jalen Waddle, are they going to throw a bunch of contested catch targets to Gesicki? Like I, I think he's going to get squeezed out here. They even have Cedric Wilson, um, a good you know slot player from the Cowboys. They're going to have a better run game, I think. So it's easy to see him as the odd man out. That's why I have him in boom bust. Um, like past points wise, he fits in with that last tier. He's been pretty decent, but I'm just worried that he's going to be the third, fourth best target on the team. And this could go pretty quickly because I just, I don't think he's that he's fast, but he's not like an explosive athlete, I would say. So I, I worry about Kasiki. <laughs> it's probably the main takeaway here. Where are you at with Tua? I think he can distribute the ball and produce good seasons for fantasy receivers and running backs. Um, I don't think he's a difference maker. And uh, as far as drafting two, I'm not super excited. So I think he can certainly get the ball to Waddle and, and Tyree Kill and let them get, you know, yards after catch like they did in San Francisco. So that's kind of see how, how kind of a, a San Francisco quarterback, you know, just kind of distribute, but that, that's how I see Tua. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I think that's, uh, that's fair. Um, who's next? Yeah, so I'm trying to think if we want to go a boom or a bust here. Let's go or a, or a safe player. Let's go. <laughs> well, like, hopefully we're not we're not going to draft bust. Yeah, let's go a safe player that um, is not going to go this early in your draft, but is available very late. And it's actually Tyler Higby. Um, he's not an exciting player, um, but his production is not based on touchdowns like some of these guys we're going to get to later. 
And I think Higby is a very safe option who's going to be there late for you in drafts. So again, don't draft him as the, the tight end 11 here. Um, but I, I find myself drafting him a lot when I'm waiting at tight end. There's just a lot of encouraging stuff on Higby. Like he was on the field a ton last year. Um, he played 100% of the snaps in like five different games. Um, good offense, good quarterback. Uh, he missed two weeks last year. And then like down the stretch, it was like six, nine, eight targets. Like they were racking up targets to him. He didn't play super well last year. Uh, but I just, I think there's opportunity for a bounce back. And if you're looking for one of those guys, that's just going to accumulate boring stats. Um, sorry, you can put Higby in the C tier here. Oh, I'm sorry. That. Yeah, he, he's one of the boring guys. But um, I, I think there are going to be some boring guys that go a lot earlier than Higby. And I would just much rather wait on Higby. So that's kind of why I'm throwing him up here. Yeah, I'm putting the fireworks. A great offense, obviously. Yeah. I don't have to convince anybody on the Rams offense uh, here. But uh, yeah, interesting. All right. Uh, so high high floor because he's on the field a lot. That makes a lot of sense. So um, yeah. who's the next guy you got? Yeah, let's go with um, a boom here. Let's go Dawson Knox. Um, put him in the B tier. Uh, this is all about touchdowns. And this is the type of player that I would generally fade, honestly, most years. Um, these touchdowns just don't repeat. Uh, he had nine touchdowns last year. He did not produce much outside of that. Um, he didn't have a deep uh, average depth of target despite playing with Josh Allen, like you would kind of think in this Buffalo offense. Uh, so it's really like all about those nine touchdowns. But it's the Bills offense, you know, yeah. and it's like they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. He's still a young player. Maybe they get him featured more. Uh, so that's why he's in the boom here is because, I think he's more than like your um, your D tier where you're just hoping for a touchdown because there is some upside here. What happens if something happened to Diggs or uh, if Gabe Davis doesn't make the leap? Like there could be an opportunity for some growth here from Knox. So right now, very touchdown dependent, but it's just such a big piece of the pie here in Buffalo with how much they pass that uh, there is some intrigue here with Dawson Knox. Yeah, you're always looking to try to attach yourself to some of these elite offenses in whatever way you can. And, you know, you obviously want the number one option, but sometimes you know, having that number two, number three option, particularly in the tight end position uh, in an elite offense, that's just going to just, you know, shovel points to that position. And there's nothing wrong with that. So if you're, if you're not willing to invest in a premium guy, Dawson Knox is a pretty good target. Uh, for you in your drafts. Um, I, I, like I will that. say the targets, were, it wasn't good last year, like the average targets per game. So we need to see a jump there. That, he's being drafted like tight end 10 um, right after Ertz, and I, I'm not taking him there. So we'll, we'll see if kind of everyone else catches up with my thoughts because I wouldn't mind taking him. I'm just not quite where he's being drafted. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and, and there's a lot of guys, like the, the tail starts to really kind of level off here, right? Like you, you, there's not a lot of difference between a lot of these guys. It's kind of what flavor of ice cream do you like right. is kind of where we're at at this point. So, um, I mean, I, there's still a Hawkeye on the board, so I can't get too, you know, <laughs> I can't say they're all the same, but right. um, who, who's who, who's next? Where do you want to go next? Yeah, let's go back to the C tier, uh, kind of the boring guys. And I'm not sure he fits necessarily, but um, Hunter Henry uh, for the Patriots, he, he's touchdown dependent, but again, it's it's tight end here. Um, I, I think the fact that he scored a bunch of touchdowns with Mac Jones last year, we, you know, I know Mac Jones maybe doesn't have the high ceiling in the world, but I do think he's going to be pretty good and run this offense well. I don't think the Patriots have a lot of weapons here. And Hunter Henry scored a bunch of touchdowns. I do think that's going to drop back some. Um, but we're, like, like you said, we're falling off the cliff here. Um, only 4.4 targets a game last year um, for Hunter Henry. That's the downside. But he had a high the target, fifth highest among tight ends. So they were at least getting the ball downfield. He plays in the slot. You know, he's scoring touchdowns. So 
he's just he's consistently between three and six targets a game. You hope he scores a touchdown, but I just I think the offensive situation and his rapport with Mac Jones is enough to make him kind of a boring option here. Johnu Smith is he still around? Is he still a factor? I was I was big on him when he was with the Titans. Um, I thought he was going to play well for the Patriots, and they've been almost. I think they got rid of their fullback this year. They're not going to use a fullback as much, and they've almost been talking about using him like that. Uh, that doesn't sound great to me for fantasy purposes. So I kind of got my eye on Johnny Smith, like in real deep dynasty leagues, stuff like that. I wouldn't quite give up on him because I think he's talented, but um, it's not looking good for this year. They added okay. a little bit to the receiving core too. So I, I think there's too many mouths to feed for uh, Johnny Smith. Well, a little behind the scenes, you sent me a note earlier today and you said, get Johnny Smith off this board and yeah. put on Irv Smith. You got the wrong Smith. So I, I had to make a late, late change here right before we started. But yeah. um, okay, that makes sense. I, I would say that he is uh, properly placed in the boring tier because there's nothing yeah. that exciting about Hunter Henry at this point. So um, okay. who's next? Who do you want to talk about next? Uh, let's get to, well, I don't want to get too far out of order here. Um, let's go back to Pat Fryermuth. Fryermuth. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to put him in the B tier. And this is a tough one because what he did as a rookie was really impressive. So I want to bake in that as a second year tight end, he could make a leap here. Um, he's got, he played 61% of his snaps as an inline blocker, which is pretty high. It's the highest of anyone I think we've talked about so far. So they're, they're not splitting them out so much. Um, he played with Roethlisberger last year, had 8.3 yards per reception. That's like at the bottom of the list for tight ends. So just nothing downfield. Um, he really lived on his seven touchdowns. So it's kind of like we're going to lose some volume with Roethlisberger leaving. We probably get more downfield stuff, though, because he was just checking everything down. Um, it's kind of just how does that all fit in together? Because I think he's really poised for some negative regression here if he doesn't score seven touchdowns. Um, but he could just develop as a second-year player, and I think he's talented. Former second-round pick. So Friar is a tough one. I expect him to fall back from what he did last year, even if maybe he's a better real-life player in year two. But I just – I don't know if that passing volume is going to be there. Um, and he's really going to need to score those seven touchdowns this year. What week did it take you to be able to spell his name without looking it up? <laughs> uh, we got one worse coming up. Uh, I, I know. I, <laughs> uh, that. I, I, I think uh, probably about week six, I would say. Okay. Well, that's pretty yeah. good. That's yeah. pretty good. I still had to look it up. I had to stare at the name. while. I was well, he's in the division out. too, as a, as a Bengals fan. I, yeah, I that's fair. Him, that's so. fair. All yeah. Right. So yeah, I don't know. Boomer bust. Uh, I think it's going to be touchdown based, but hey, he's a young, talented player. And that's, that's not a bad thing to bet on. I, I think that you have to at least account for the fact that the giant ketchup bottles will no longer be <laughs> at the stadium anymore. And that I think that just gives a negative five to every single Steelers player. I cannot believe it's no longer Heinz Field. I, I have no investment in the Steelers. I don't like them at all. Um, but it makes me sad. I, I like it when stadiums are named for fun things. So, uh, yeah. all right, we'll leave Fryermuth there uh, without ketchup. Who's next? <laughs> So this is going to be kind of a last of a tier for me. And uh, I'm, I'll make you a little sad here with your uh, Iowa Hawkeye, but I promise we'll get to him soon. But this one's a real wild card shot in the dark, but it's it's Albert O for, for 10 Oh, years. okay. Um, and that's oh, you're not going to try to say the name? Uh, Albert Oakwick Boonham. Uh, that's not right, but um, I can't spell that one. I'll promise you that one. Uh, but yeah, this is a real stab in the dark here with Alberto. It's it's just Noah Fan is gone. He's the tight end one. Russell Wilson's in town. 
Um, there is a profile that a lot of people like. Um, we're basically drafting him because of his athletic profile out of college. He's 6'6", ran a 4'5'40". He was a fourth-round pick. So they've used him more as a blocker, but that's because Fant was around. So there's a lot of people in the fantasy industry hyped about Alberto. I'm not quite as high on them as, as – I'm not as high on him as others are, but I do see the upside here with Russell Wilson, a good offense scoring touchdowns. He, Wilson hasn't leaned on tight ends a ton, but he has thrown touchdowns to them. So I do think Albert O is a decent flyer, but it's just, it's a complete unknown. He just has not done anything in the league yet. Yeah. Is this, I mean, if this was running back or wide receiver or even quarterback where you felt this way, this would be a guy that you would say, target him late because if he hits, you're going to be able to use him. Um, you know, you're in a dynasty league, target them late. Maybe that's possible for a tight end. It's just yeah. tight ends are just so weird in this way that you don't think of them the same way, right? I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people are real pumped about their shares of the uh, a dynasty share of a tight end that they project could be the tight end nine overall by the end of the year. It's just right. not what people get build their teams around, right? So unless you're in like a real deep, interesting league. I'm just not sure how to how to categorize him, but I do. Th- I just want to reiterate: I AFC West, man. Like <laughs> you know, get get shares in the AFC West. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And and again, if this is your share, uh, you, you know, you, you avoid tight end the whole draft, and you're just kind of taking a shot in the dark. Eh, nothing wrong with that. I, I think I kind of tip my cap to you. That, that that's not a bad way to do this. So yeah. Um, all right. So the boom tier is done. Yeah. So these uh, are the guys. No, there may be. Let me see. We may have one more. Okay. It's just kind of out of order with the rankings. So, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, don't leave the, the boom tier quite yet. Okay. We'll get back okay. to it. But we're going to hit some uh, some boring ones here, I think. All right. Let's 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 fill some boring ones. Let's fill the, the Kirk Cousins tier for tight ends. <laughs> yeah. Actually, actually, I think we'll get uh, – I think we'll name it the Tyler Conklin tier. He's not up now, but I, I think it's going to be the Tyler Conklin tier. So, okay, <laughs> let's start with Noah Fant. And he's not a boring player. So, I, I do not want to call Noah Fant boring because he is very athletic. And I have been on, on Fant – for years now. It feels like he's been in the league forever. Um, I think he's got huge potential. Unfortunately, uh, he's somehow changed teams and still has Drew Locke throwing him the ball or maybe Unreal. Drew Smith. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I would be so on board with the Noah Fant breakout if uh, anyone else was there. But I, maybe maybe they'll go get Jimmy Garoppolo and he shoots up these rankings. I don't know. But I don't even know what to say about Fant. He's super athletic. He's given us, like, 10 points a game the last two years. He's been solid. It's just... We haven't seen him with a good quarterback yet, so uh, we may have to wait another year. Yeah, there was a there was a meme going around when the trade the Russell Wilson trap, uh, trade happened, and it was something like Noah Fant being like um, told like, "Hey man, we got Russell Wilson." It's like, great, what did it cost us? And it's like Drew Lock and you. <laughs> like, oh, no. Poor guy. So yeah, poor guys. Uh, that that's a that's a tough spot to be in. I'm not really sure what the Seahawks are doing this year. Uh, mm. I think they're maybe taking a gap year. So um, <laughs> all right, I, I I can understand why you put him he, put him there, um, and particularly since he's still going to be fighting for targets with some some good players. Um, what uh what's next? Who's next? Okay, I need to talk to you about this one. So it's Cole Komet. Um, I, I talked to you before the show about not really knowing where to put him. I'm putting him in the boring tier only because I can see the target volume, but maybe not the upside of the offense. Although I still think that Justin Fields is really talented and, and could make a leap, but it certainly doesn't look like the offense is going to be top 15 scoring offense at this point. So that's kind of why he lands in the boring tier. 
we also have to be really careful with tight ends because it's his third year in the league. We kind of tend to just think they're going to get better and better, better every year from a fantasy product, uh, production standpoint. And that just doesn't happen. So no touchdowns last year certainly helps having Jimmy Graham gone. Maybe that helps. We um, did see a decent target volume, but I mean, it was like seven points a game last year. So as much as we say, Hey, he's young, he's talented. He may get to 10 points a game next year. Then he's like a, a relative starter. Um, it doesn't always work that way. So I, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on Komet because he's got the draft capital. He's, he's seen a little bit of target volume and he's certainly got the opportunity this year. I think this is the right tier for him. I, I wouldn't put him anywhere else. I think it makes a lot of sense. I do think that you were right to believe that he's going to have a high target share. I don't know how much they're going to expect Justin Fields to throw, but if the if there's if the over-under wins are any indication of what the Bears are going to be this year in terms of good football team, bad football team, they'll probably be trailing in a lot of games. And so there's going to be a lot of throwing late in games to try to get back into it. So there will be at least some passing volume here. I don't think they want to be a pass-first team at this point. They don't have the offensive line to do it, first of all. Um, and so they are going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to put Justin Fields in a, in a better position based on run-first Run off, you know, play act, pass off the the play action, and, and build from there. But besides Darnell Mooney, who will be the target monster in this offense, I I think you can make a good case that Komet will be second. I don't think that you can say for sure that Byron Pringle is going to be number two or that rookie Valus Jones is going to be number two or anything like that. I think it makes sense that you can make the argument that Cole Komet probably going to be the second biggest uh, target share guy on this team. And so for that reason alone, he gives you a floor. Now, I, I don't know that he has, you know, field stretching ability. I don't know that he's a he's a, a, a big goal line threat like some of these other tight ends are or have been in the past, right? I don't really know. He may be a 20, uh, between the 20s guy, right? But that's why he's here. I mean, we've already talked about you know, uh, 16 guys, right? So we're, we're at the 17th guy that you brought up and that's probably fair. He hasn't proven it. He hasn't proven that he has a, a specific skill that's so good that you're going to draft him higher because you know that you count on him getting into the end zone 10 times. Then you know that he's going to put up, you know, a thousand yards receiving. I don't have any of that. I don't have any of that confidence, right? Like he, yeah. he could be fine, but this is a guy who's, you know, the middle of a tight end too yeah. in your rankings. And that's, Totally fair. Totally fair. And I'll say the the public always does this. The ADP for him is about tight end 13. Uh, like we, did, we do this every year. These tight ends are so boring that we want to make the next Cole Komet or whoever it is jump up the rankings. And so he's getting drafted earlier than some of these boring guys like Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, who we've seen put up fantasy project, production for a few years. So um, you're going to have to draft him a little earlier, I think, if you want him. I'm on board with it in general. I just – I just I, – I think – I mean, like his average depth, average depth of target was pretty normal last year, which I kind of thought would be higher with Justin Fields, like you said. So we're not sure if he's a downfield threat. We're not sure about his touchdown production yet. We, we've got a lot of questions to answer, but he's certainly a late round target that, that should see a lot of volume. Probably a better real life player than a fantasy player. Exactly. I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. So, um, all right. Who's next? So we're running out of interesting people to talk about here for sure. Um, I need to talk about Irv Smith. There, a lot of people have him higher than this. Um, I, I have him in the boom bust tier. He's not ranked up as high as some of those in the boom bust tier, but 
he's just one of these, he's kind of the, the poster child for being careful with these, uh, these, these young tight ends. Cause we've, we've wanted him to break out for years now. Um, he suffered a big injury last year and it didn't happen. Um, the, the positive things for Irv Smith is he's athletic. Um, he's always had another tight end there to kind of steal work. Kyle Rudolph or, uh, Tyler Conklin last year, it was kind of underrated. Uh, they don't really have that this year, so he should get a real shot. And Minnesota's so concentrated on Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, that like if any of them ever gets hurt, there's a huge opportunity. So he's got a little bit of hidden opportunity there. Um, so he's someone, like I said, he's proven like almost nothing as far as NFL production, but there are a lot of underlying metrics that would make you encouraged about Irv Smith. So uh, some people, you might have someone in your league that way overdrafts him, um, but he is going pretty late right now, about tight end 15. You know, he's an upside shot for sure. Just week one, week two, you might be panicking if he's if he's combined for three catches in two weeks. Yeah, a guy that can get lost in the shuffle that happens with tight ends from time to yeah. time happens with the best tight ends. We talked about George Kittle at the top, right? Yeah. Sometimes he gets lost in the game plan if you are not have a high volume offense or if you're getting shut out because you're – the third option, the fourth option, right? I mean, you just mentioned three really good players and Justin Jefferson might be the best receiver in the league. So they're going to feed him. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I, I gave him the crutches and coming off some injuries issues yeah. there. Um, okay. What's next? I'm, I'm seeing some, I mean, got some, some names interesting still, names. Right? Yeah. So Tanyan's next. Um, I, I'll be quick. Cause I know you don't want to talk about Packers, but he's returned from week eight ACL injury. Hopefully he's ready week one. I you got him here. Oh man, which tier did I even have him? Because again, it's like he's boom bust because of touchdowns. But uh, no, I have him in the D tier. Sorry, yeah, he, he's in the D tier. But I do this think tier. there's some. Yeah, I do think okay. there's some upside though, just because of you know nobody is there to throw the ball to in in right. Green Bay. So he's got touchdown potential. He scored a bunch two years ago. See if he's healthy. Yeah, it makes sense. I, again, I won't draft him because he, he wears green and gold, but um, yeah. that that's okay. Uh, other people will draft him. He I was think kind that of, he was kind of Dawson Knox before Dawson Knox, basically, and now he's coming off an ACL injury, and he's way older than Knox. So there's just uh, don't get too excited about Tanyan. Well, and and I think that again we talked about this last time for all the the grief that the Bears get about their wide receiving core, and deservedly so. Uh, the Packers have issues. They, they do not have a talented wide receiver core either. And so you could see if if Bob Tanyan is <laughs> one of Rodgers' uh, you know, favorite targets that he could, he could get, it, particularly down the goal line. And I'm sure that Rodgers is going to produce. That's just what he does. So that makes sense there. Um, who else you got? So a good bye week fill-in. That's what this tier is. Uh, sorry, we were talking C, D tier. D tier, you're hoping he gets a touchdown spike. This is a guy that likely you're using – for a bye week fill-in. There's not a lot of upside week to week from with him. Yeah. Or you drafted, you know, Hunter Henry and things are looking rough in New England and Tanyan's playing a bunch of snaps and you make the move. You know, like you know, you will get to make some moves on tight end a couple weeks into the season. They're they're gonna be available. Right. Okay, who's next? Um this is probably another player we could name the C boring C tier after. Uh let's go with Austin Hooper. <laughs> um he's kind of been the classic one here. He got a lot a little lost in Cleveland just because they run the ball so much and they use a lot of two tight ends. But uh he goes to Tennessee right now. I don't know exactly how they're gonna use him, but if Traylon Burks doesn't work out as their wide receiver one, if Robert Woods is a little slow coming back, like they've got to throw the ball to somebody. And Hooper's one of those guys. He's gonna be on the field, he's gonna catch passes. Not much upside, but um I 
he's someone where like if you just didn't want to draft a tight end and just took one real late, like I, I think you could start him week one and you're not going to get a goose egg from him. So um, if you really like waiting a tight end, he's an option for you. Yeah, he's got such a cool name. I mean, obviously, you wish he was a basketball player. That would have been perfect. Yeah. But he's a, that's pretty good for a tight end, right? And it just, man, it's just he just has not produced on that amazing last name. You know, he should be one of the best in the league. So, um, yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm really curious that you have not mentioned Evan Ingram yet. <laughs> this is a guy that has cursed so many of my fantasy teams over the years. Oh. I have taken him so high. Because he's this guy. He's just a wide receiver. He's not really a tight end. And then he gets injured. Yeah. And he doesn't produce when he's in there. I have spent so much time waiting on Evan Ingram. So let's talk about him. He, he's hurt me in the past as well. I, I promise you. I've had a lot of Evan Ingram. And I think part of it is I was burnt so bad by the Jaguars last year too. Like I, I was kind of optimistic about Trevor Lawrence. And this is just like the perfect consolidation of people I'm avoiding. But um, I mean, you can get him super late. Everyone's been burnt by him. I've got him in the D tier right now just because I think we're not going to want to start him right away. You just look at the names above him. You're probably drafted somebody better. But you're right. I mean, he he had the highest percentage of slot uh, snaps last year. Like he's, he's a receiver. He's not a tight end. So that's a, a nice bonus. And if Trevor Lawrence really takes off, the receivers aren't super loaded. You can definitely see Evan Ingram get a role here. So, okay. That's uh, fair. Yeah. It's just, he's hurt us in the past. So, I mean, yeah, yeah uh, it, there's a lot of scars there. Yeah. There's a lot. So he hasn't been a big touchdown scorer. Like we, we need a few things to click here, but I do, I do have my eye on him for sure. Definitely more of a name, but it should be a name that makes you feel bad feelings when <laughs> you see it. So don't, don't like think like just because, Hey, I recognize that name. It's late. I'm going to take him. That's not what that is. Like kind of uh, let him be on the wire and take him in a bye week situation yeah. or let yeah. somebody else draft him and then drop him two weeks in. Exactly. That That's exactly where I'm at on him. So, okay. All right. Let's get to, do you have Gerald Everett's picture? Does uh, he have a picture? Yeah, there he is. All right. So this is just, um, I'm going to put him in the, I, you know, I'm putting him in the boom bust here. Like, not that he's, you know, don't draft him early, but he plays with um, Justin Herbert now. <laughs> so I think anyone uh, on his, on the field with Justin Herbert has some boom potential. So we will see. I mean, he was throwing to Jared Cook last year, who looked completely at the end of his career. Uh, I think Gerald Everett's going to be a little bit of an upgrade. He's been inconsistent at times. He's battled drops. He's made some mistakes, but he does have some athleticism. And if things click here, uh, it could be a really nice late draft pick. So uh, just kind of like uh, that, back to that AFC West thing. Just <laughs> go for the AFC AFC West fireworks here, and I don't think you're going to go too wrong. Oh, that's fun. I hadn't really thought of that, but that makes a lot of sense. I do want in on that offense a lot. I feel like I'm probably going to have, you know, Justin Herbert shares more than anything. Uh, he's the guy to me, you know, like I love the Justins. I'm all about the Justins, right? But uh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to, if you, if you decide to just punt on tight end, wait to the end of the draft and you're choosing between Everett and, you know, Hooper or whatever, um, that, that's a, that's a better high end play um, just, just for the offense. So I, I like that. I like that play. Yep. Um, I've got three pictures left. Where are we putting these guys? Uh, let's get Hayden Hurst in here. Um, I actually do have some optimism overall. I'm going to stick him in the D tier right now, the kind of streamer, um, hope for a touchdown uh, role. But, I mean, he's in Cincinnati now. Uh, we just saw Joe Burrow 
get CJ Uzoma on the fantasy map down the stretch last yep. year where people were streaming him. And, you know, I think Hurst has a little bit more of a receiving background than Uzoma. And uh, the Bengals' backup tight end um, sample is he's a, he's a straight up blocker. He's not going to catch many passes. So Hurst is the pass catching tight end. I would not be at all surprised if he has six or seven touchdowns. Yeah, year. I was going to say this guy's a this guy's a touchdown threat. Yeah. Um, so he's not he's not a bad guy if, if he's sitting out there and you're you know you, you know you've got uh, T.J. Hawkinson and he's he's missing a week um, where he's on bye and Hurst is sitting there. That's that's a pretty good bye week filler. Because uh, yeah. he's he's going to have some spikes this year. Yeah. Uh, I got I got two names left. We talked about Tyler Conklin before. Why don't we just cover him now? Yeah, I mean he's either D tier or boring tier. I mean he's pretty boring. I just I, I wherever you want to put him, put him in, in D. I mean he probably doesn't deserve to be in the uh, C tier, but I do think he's underrated. I think he's more of the pass catcher for the Jets as opposed to Uzoma, who I think is going to do a little more blocking. And Conklin was pretty good for the Vikings last year. So when you're talking down around tight end. 19 or wherever we're at. Like, I, I think you could have him in a super deep league and you're going to see him getting three, four catches, you know, like he's going to produce something. He's a, he's a pretty good all around player. Yeah. Solid guy. Like one of those guys that you like to have on your team, you know, but they're not stars or anything like that. And so yeah. you, you got to get lucky to catch them on the week that they produce. And right. that, that's kind of what that guy is. I got one name left. It's David and Joku. Now here's a guy that I, man, I wanted to first draft. I uh, love this guy coming out. I uh, wanted them to trade for him when he wasn't producing in, in Cleveland. I uh, wanted, like, all the time, I just wanted Njoku on the Bears. But he just hasn't really done anything to make me feel like that was a good thing to say to people. So um, he's the last guy. This is the 25th player that we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about another yeah. one. So where are you putting him? He's D tier. Uh, I just think it's worth. You know, it looked like everything was aligning for him. They gave him the franchise tag. It was like, whoa, they're paying him a lot of money. Uh, maybe he's got a bigger role coming. We thought Deshaun Watson was going to be throwing on the ball. I don't know who, who knows where that's at. But sure. if if we had 10 games of Watson, he's probably up in the boom tier. You know what I mean? So it's just going to come down to Watson. It's not a fun topic to discuss. But uh, just don't forget him because he does have a lot of talent. And he hasn't really had the quarterback situation in the past to, to see that breakout. But he really would have to take a huge jump. I mean, he has just not produced throughout his career. But Hooper's gone. Maybe it frees up a little bit. Keep an eye on him. Uh, put him on your your watch list. There may even be someone who drafts him in your league. I don't know. But um, it's all going to depend on Watson. All right. So everybody else that we didn't cover, those are the free tier guys. Like, those are guys that you probably shouldn't tr- uh, touch. I mean, that's 25 tight ends. You're not going to go that deep in the vast majority of leagues. Again, I know that some of you are just crazy and have – full 53-man rosters and score special team snaps or whatever the heck you do. But for the mo- most part, most of us are just playing in more standard leagues with maybe a few sprinkles of, of fun in. Um, and so you're not going to get down past these guys. But these are guys that might be relevant on bye weeks. They might be relevant as uh, you know injury fill-ins, right? Some of these guys are going to be lose some time. That's just what happens. What happens in the NFL certainly happens at this position. So yeah. – uh, Eric and I are going to pick two guys as our favorites. And this is not like, I love Kelsey and Andrews, right? They're the top two guys. Of course we like those. But these are relative to where you can get them and where you believe uh, you want these guys on your team. Maybe it's because they're fun um, or you feel like they're the most value. So we're going to pick one uh, each in the top two tiers, and then we're going to take one each um, in the, the boom tier or lower if we want. So why don't you start us off, Eric? Yeah, I think I'm going to save you your guy. I'm just guessing here. Um, 
Well, actually, this could be your guy too. Get, give me Hawkinson though. I uh, I just really like where he's going in drafts. You get him at a discount compared to those guys ahead of him. You get some upside. You get some floor. I, I just think he's the best combination of, of value right now for me. Um, if I don't get Hawkinson, I'm probably not getting one of these these first two tier guys. So, like I said, the top tiers just got to fall for me. But uh, they're all great players. This will this is going to surprise you. Okay. Um, I mean, I love Kittle, but I've had Kittle. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this, you know, it's like that line in uh, Rounders where, you know, uh, no limit Texas Hold'em, you know, even pros can't handle the swings, right? Like I can't handle the swings from George Kittle sometimes where yeah. like he, he posts zeros or one, right? Like it's so hard. And I think that given the ADP, for me, it's Darren Waller. Okay. I, I am, I'm in on this AFC West. And of the elite guys, I believe that Waller is going to have a really good year and he's going to return the most value. So for me, I'm going to give my my bear with the heart uh, here uh, to Darren Waller. I actually thought you were going to go Pitts, just just the way you're talking about him. The way, oh, I like is. Pitts a lot, but I'm yeah. not convinced that the quarterback position. Yeah, That's sure. really what it is. I think that they'll feature him, uh, but he's going really high. Yeah. And that's, it's an uncomfortably high level for me, whereas I think there's a pretty big gap between Pitts and Waller. Okay, I fair. would take Hawkinson too, but you took him, and so I was like, "Yeah, okay." Waller's my second choice here. So, um, how about how about on the boom or below here? Yeah, so man, it's not an exciting one. But, I mean, it's really not an exciting one. But give me Tyler Higby. I just I think oh, he's completely okay. mispriced. Like he, he's given us ten PPR points. He gave us ten PPR points last year. Eight point five the year before. Ten point seven the year before that. Like. He's going so late in drafts. Like he's going after Cameron Brait. Uh, he's going after Evan Ingram. Like maybe this ADP corrects itself. I don't know, but it's just kind of cool that like a a boring back end tight end one or high end tight end two is sitting there at the very end. So I just don't think people should forget about him because we see all these holes in these other tight ends, and I don't think there's any more questions about Higby than any of these other guys around that area. I have had many shares of Tyler Higby over the years. Yeah. You know, I've been waiting for him to have yeah. that big year. So that's probably I, there's a little bit of like oh, shyness yeah. on that, like to to go back into that well. But I, um, yeah, and this and, isn't me saying he's going to take a jump either. Like I, I think he is what he is. I've had him. I've thought the jump was coming with Stafford last year. It didn't happen. But if you just completely botched tight end, I would just take Higby late. You're going to be fine. Uh, I I actually I look at this and this is this is um, good reason to spend a pick higher. Yeah, exactly. Right? When I look at these guys, I can you can see so many holes yeah. in the argument to want to roster them and start them. Right. Yeah. I think anything after Goddard really starts to worry me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I might be for me personally. We'll get into this, you know, overall drafting philosophy, you know, at a later show. But I, I might be in this situation where if i'm at the you know hawkinson and and dalton schultz around the board i might be like eh, i'm gonna take them here i'm gonna i'm gonna have to live with it because i want to grab that before the tier starts to, to fade mm-hmm. um and and get in with either like a guy that i think is fun and a good player or a, a good offense and then you know after yeah. that i feel like it kind of falls off so the, doing this exercise here may have convinced me that i do need to try to do some mock drafts thinking about taking one of these top five, six, seven tight ends and trying to build my roster off of that. I, I have a hard time going too high unless you're in like a keeper league and you've already like buoyed your team because, you know, Hey, I've got, 
Um, I've already got my RB2 and wide receiver three as keepers or whatever, right? Like maybe you've got, you know, Jamar Chase share or something, and right. it gives you that flexibility to be able to take some chances on different positions. Or that's a different story. But just in a redraft league, um, you know, I'm really looking at this going, I got to get one of these top seven guys or else I'm feeling really exposed here. So that's really interesting. That That's what I've benefited from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually going to put, uh, on the right. charger here because I, you convinced me that that makes some sense. He had, he has been very inconsistent, uh, during his career, but I think that there's, there's some argument to be made that you just want into these good offenses. And I don't know enough about Albert O. Um, I, I mean, Aku-wui-bunum? I, I need to learn how to do it. I, my yeah. uh, my uh, podcast partner, EJ Snyder, would certainly know how to pronounce that. My other podcast partner, uh, Lester A. Wilfong Jr., almost certainly would not know how to say <laughs> that. So I'm going to see if I can make Lester say it um, yeah. as well. But uh, I, maybe it's him. Maybe it's him that you've talked me into because of being in that division. I just yeah. don't know. I, I, if I can't pronounce his name, I'm not sure I, I – I'm allowed to draft him, right? right. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense to just punt the position, wait until late, and then take a tight end with one of your last picks. I kind of yeah. like that strategy too. And if that's how, if, if guys feel the same way and they've taken those top seven like way early, they're pushed up the board, you know, you have to be able to have that kind of adaptive management in your drafting strategy and say, like, okay, like I'm not going to freak out. I am not going to chase, you know, uh, Gasecki here. I'm going to just say, you know what? I'm waiting till the end of the draft, and I'm going to take the guy that's got the highest upside with my last pick or my second to last pick, and that's how you do it. Um, and so I, I think Everett's now that guy in the back of my head where, okay, yeah. if I miss out on those top seven guys, I'm waiting, and I'm going to take him. Yeah, I, exactly. That's why I, I highlighted Higby, just because you don't have to draft him early. What I would not want somebody to do if they miss out on that top seven is to then like take like two guys and you know the eighth or ninth round like because you're kind of just adding to your losses there like i i think if you miss out on the tiers as much as it hurts you just got to wait take someone with a little bit of a floor and then play the waiver wire because like i said we got dalton schultz last year on waivers decent player dawson knox i'm sure was on waivers like decent players pop up at tight ends so um, i think just don't overdo it if you miss out on those top two tiers don't try to force it and just take a whole bunch of them yeah and if you take Travis Kelsey, or you take Kyle Pitts or somebody like that, I mean, you use a premium pick. Let's go, and in my opinion, this goes for quarterback. The vast majority of leagues, there is no reason for you to take a second. They, you do not need to take a backup. And, and if you're waiting and you're taking, you know, uh, Fryermuth and Knox, uh, I, I mean, you better have a deep bench. Like you probably should be using those positions on backup running backs and backup wide receivers because you have to push a lot of those types of players into your lineup, right? Most most leagues are starting two running backs, three wide receivers, and a flex, right? That's a pretty standard league these days. That's and you're likely not wanting to run out your second tight end in your flex position. And so I, you know, that that's maybe some draft strategy stuff that we could have covered up top in, in the tight end position, but generally just take one of these guys. And there's going to be plenty out there for you to exchange on the free agent wire if you think like, oh, hey, this guy looks like he's got a good matchup and the, his wide receiver's hurt. Uh, I'm going to drop my guy that I didn't invest really anything in. He hasn't proven to be the guy that you need to keep. Um, so I'm now going to I'm going to drop, you know, Knox for Firemouth, right? Or you know, those things will happen. Those those moves of tight end are fine. The churn at the bottom of your roster is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and I would say if you have like one main league and it's a home league. 
I would look back at last year, see how many tight ends were drafted. I bet the same people who drafted two or three tight ends last year are probably going to do it again. If everyone in your league just drafts one, you know, then you're going to have a decent crop of tight ends on the waiver wire. So that's that's an easy thing you can do. Just get an idea of how many will get drafted and then draw the line on your rankings and see how many you want to have going into the season. And let that guy continue to draft two or three tight ends. And, you know, I was in a league where a guy, I literally could not believe it. Guy drafted two kickers. <laughs> and I don't understand what happened, but like that became the thing that that guy would get made fun of repeatedly yeah. every year that we went to this draft is that like he was going to draft two kickers. Right. And I don't know what was going through his head, but some of these guys, they will draft two tight ends every year because mm-hmm. they just, well, I need a backup here. I'm going to draft two quarterbacks. I'm going to draft two tight ends. You know, draft strategy, little smarter strategy. You fill that bench up with wide receivers and running backs. Yep, exactly. There's always the, the manager that tries to hoard all the quarterbacks because they want to trade them later, and it usually does not work out. Yeah, and usually the other 11 people just band against them and say, don't go trade. Don't pay him off. Exactly. Don't, don't, don't reward him for that for that behavior. Um all right. Well, any final thoughts? Uh, we've gone over an hour on tight ends because I think I could talk to you about any subject for over an hour, Eric, and I appreciate the time. Um, I think it's a kind of a fun position to talk about, even if it's, uh, you know, a lot of people think it's an afterthought. But um, any final thoughts on tight ends before we get out of here? No, I think we nailed it. We're, we're in trouble for running back and wide receiver, though, if we're going an hour plus on tight ends. So I appreciate the time. Again, just check out the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. We've, uh, we've got some good stuff coming up. Absolutely. So we'll we'll uh, we'll be back. We'll try to cover running backs next. Are you comfortable with doing? Yeah, we'll probably it. try to cover the the top thirty ish running backs. So that's kind of your top running back one, two, and two and a half, right? You know, not not quite into your all of your backups, but you know the the line kind of flattens a little bit. So we'll try to do that. Then we'll do wide receivers, and you know, kind of do the same thing where we're covering a big chunk of them, and then we'll do a flex. So everybody from in wide receiver and in uh, running backs that we didn't cover in those two episodes will be eligible to be talked about in the flex category because that's generally what you're going to talk about there. Uh, and then we'll we'll try to wrap it all up and kind of talk about big picture draft strategy, how you put these boards together, and think about you know where do I take those tight ends versus some of those elite wide receivers, some of those elite running backs, and and we'll uh, we'll see how that looks, man. It's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, really appreciate everybody for joining us. Um, I'm I'm at Gridironborn on Twitter. Eric is at Eric Smith QBL. Um, Eric with a K. And if you don't know how to spell Smith, I don't know how to help you. Um, That part's pretty straightforward. Uh, But again, thanks everybody for joining us. And we'll see you next time.